Welcome to another edition of the Broadway show Uncut with Tamsin Fidel. I'm Tamsin, and this is a place where we have all those conversations with Broadway's biggest stars and hottest newcomers. So let's get started. Angelica Ross. We have seen her in Pose. We've seen her in American Horror Story. And now she's making Broadway history. Angelica is playing Roxy Hart in Chicago. She's the first openly transgender woman in a leading role on Broadway. And here's Paul Wontorek with the interview. Welcome, Miss Ross. So good to see you. Thank so excited you, very much. you are on Broadway. Yes, we're here. We've made it <laughs> to Broadway. Yes, to Maybe Broadway. Maybe not something you were Maybe expecting not, yeah, right now. I was not expecting it at this moment, but at some point, the child in me had always seen this. Yep. I had done musical theater so much in my childhood and thought this was the direction I was going and then went on quite the detour. Uh huh. Yeah. So I fell in love with you as Candy Ferocity. And now you are Foxy Roxy Hart. Yes. What, what an amazing journey. What an amazing character you're getting to take on. Opposite Broadway pros like Brandon Victor Dixon and Amra Faye Wright yes. and, and those amazing dancers. Yes. I mean, what, what is it like working in this Broadway company? Well, it's interesting because most of my experience up until maybe a couple of days ago has been pretty... Um, one-on-one. Yeah, solitary. Sort yes, of. You, yes. You get ready sort of on your own. On my own. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm working with, I was working with Greg Butler in LA. Yep. Then I started working with David um, um, in David Bush, I believe it is. Yeah, you it, can say it again. You can say that whole yes, sentence thank again. you. And then I started working with David Bush, the dance captain and the directors and everyone. And they've been working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And a couple days ago was my first time working with part of the ensemble. Uh-huh. And I was, as I was performing my song, Roxy, uh -huh. and the boys, boys start coming <laughs> in, I'm like, oh, you know, and all of a sudden, I don't have to pretend that there's this nice buff chest there. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, doing all these things. And Roxy starts coming alive. It's just, it was so real. It, it, it got so real for me yeah. a couple of days ago because I don't know, everything was else was kind of like a couple people standing in for roles and doing things, but when, every, when you have everyone there, you realize just how talented and wrote almost that so they have this down and they know where to be. They're, it's incredible. I have so much respect for people on Broadway because eight shows a week, mm -hmm. When they told me that, I was like, excuse me, say what? <laughs> Eight shows a week? But I'm so grateful to be in this space because it has conditioned me for something that I think is just even more in my future, mm -hmm. performing that much. As a new vocalist or returning, someone that's returning to this vocal space, I was super protective because I was super scared of cracking or you know having some vocal moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been you know, protecting my voice and talking at a certain level and what have you. And then a couple of weeks, a week ago or so, I was just like, no. Yes, I will do the vocal warm-ups. Yes, I will do what I can to protect my voice. But right now, I'm gonna push myself and I'm gonna see just how much I have in there. And I surprised myself at how much voice and command and access and range mm. that I have and this, for me, feels like the beginning. You gotta remember that also on Broadway, the audiences, they're rooting for you. 
You know what I mean? They're on your side. They, they love it. Oh, yes. They're, they're there in the moment. But my fear is now gone. You know, at first it was like just such a big idea in my head. Broadway. Yeah, sure. The League. Yeah. Roxy. You yeah. know, all of these things. And then you. I also saw Charlotte do the role. Uh -huh. um, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm supposed to do that? <laughs> And, you know, just have such a rep, but she's, and she's so sweet. She's been so, so sweet. And so it was just this big idea. Mm. But once I got on stage, once I climbed the ladder mm. that Roxy yep. sings uh -huh. on, um, well, not immediately, but after a couple of days of doing that, the fear started to subside. And I just realized I, not only can I do this, I am, mm -hmm. I am doing it. Yeah and at a place where I'm not afraid. So if that theater kid in Wisconsin could see you now, I mean, mine would have been blown. Mine blown, I mean, depending on when, you know, uh, because it seemed very evident that this was the trajectory. Mm -hmm. I was in a local theater group called, I'm from Racine, Wisconsin. Yeah. So there was this Racine youth players or Racine kid players, then I got too old for that, then I went to Racine youth players. <laughs> so I spent all these years in lead roles doing musical theater and then having the local newspaper put me on the front page and write up and I just, the town started to be proud of me in oh, a way. Oh, that's amazing. And then I transitioned and like, or started to at least go into the direction of finding myself. Mm. And I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it here, if I was gonna, be able to get the training um, to, and to have the opportunities. But I know that my younger self is like squealing. And for me, it's not, it's not this hypothetical like experience or question when you think about, oh, what would your younger self feel or how would they feel? I know because I they're here with me right now. Like I carry that youthfulness that spirit, that heart, those dreams, everything now. And so I'm like, look, yeah, look at our Porsche. Look, look at this thing, you know, whatever. Like they're just enjoying these moments. But for me truly, it is this aspect that affirms everything that I wanted to do and that it was never gonna be too late or that the opportunity didn't pass me by. Hmm. What did theater mean to you? as a young girl, what did, it, what did it mean for you? And what, what did it mean in your life? I know your dad wanted you to go to business school. Yeah, It seems like both things worked out well for you. Both things worked <laughs> out very well. I'm very happy that my father pushed me to learn about business because I didn't want to be a starving artist. Right. I wanted to eat. I wanted to be able to have some, you know, I struggled of course, but having a business acumen helped me. Mm -hmm. um, but what why did you gravitate to theater but i gravitated toward theater because i needed a place to escape yeah. you know um growing up and starting to realize actually or having other people starting to realize before you even do mm -hmm. that you're different right and start to treat you different because of that and bully you because of it um, and then experiencing that in my own home, I didn't want to go home after school. So it was for me, what other program could I do? I was on the school newspaper. I was in a step 
16, mm -hmm. I did, I mean, musical, every musical that came by, I was in the chorale singing in Italian. I did jazz choir and I was in the church choir on Wednesday wow. nights. So I just tried everything to delay the moment of coming home and hearing that I did something wrong or that I was in trouble for something or having my character attacked, you know? So theater became the space where I could be someone else for the moment and become a ham really on stage. Like I just, <laughs> it just took to it like fish to water. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you, if, if you made it in front of the paper, it sounds like you were doing good work. <laughs> what, was, what was the most full circle moment for me with theater is their Racine Youth Players was kind of ran by this, these white, older white folks or what have yeah. you, very nice people. Um, and uh, they, they came to me and they were like, we want to cast you as Teen Angel in Greece because, you know, we, we seen this other black guy do it in this orange wig and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward like 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm on the set of Pose and I'm talking about this experience and I'm like, a certain uh, Billy Porter was, I was, like, Wait a, was a, a certain teen angel on Broadway. Billy I saw Porter, that. That was you. <laughs> you. That was him. It you was. You saw. Billy I didn't. I didn't. Well, they eventually showed me. Yeah, they showed me. They showed me a tape or showed me something of Billy. Yeah, doing, there's clips out there. Yeah, yeah. And I that didn't hair. know Billy at that time. Wow. And so something that I know was very silly for Billy to do, you know, with the orange hair and do all this thing. But I said, do you know that you've been influencing my career from the beginning? So you're saying that white couple in Wisconsin, they had seen that and said, this is a good idea, and then led to that. That's amazing. What they, at that time, I think people were still not open to some of the, what they call uh, color, uh, colorblind casting, yeah, or, I don't yeah. know, is that what they, right. the term, but like, and so people would have some feelings about this black kid being yeah. in, the, in, in the main role yeah. or what have you, but they always pushed that envelope. And yeah. I'm so grateful for them for that because I've had the experience of what it means to lead a show. Yeah. So now when I'm backstage at Chicago, it's like this moment where I'm going back in time and remembering the, what it looks like to be behind the scenes and what it means to be responsible to your cues and being where you need to be, where you're supposed to be. Um, I know there's one of my favorite movies, um, not to mention the Chicago musical is like literally one of my favorites ever. <laughs> um, but Memoirs of a Geisha, uh -huh. you know, I just remember Same being director. infatuated. Marshall, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I was infatuated with just how visually stunning it was, all these different things. But what captured my heart was when she says, every step I have taken has led me here to you, you know? And <laughs> that line has stayed with me because I know that every step that I have taken has led me here to myself. Wow. That's beautiful. And I love that Billy Porter connection. You just never know when you're gonna run into the people who, who have impacted you. Absolutely, it's amazing. And I think of all the people that you will be, you will be having an impact on with this performance uh, it's it's incredible, and I, I do want to ask you about Pose because I was a Pose super fan, um, loved that series, and Candy was such a special character because I think I felt like we kind of took her for granted for a while. It was just kind of she was just kind of like 
She kept coming in. Annoying. She had a like, hammer sometimes. Yes. And then it was kind of like distracting me from the other storylines. And then all of a sudden in season two, horrible murder. Candy, we lost Candy. And that episode, season two, episode four, that ball scene was one of my favorite like television moments. I mean, you, you were kind of given this beautiful yeah. send off. And I think audiences, I'm assuming other audiences were kind of like, realized how much they loved candy and it was and it was great for you oh, i watched people go from reading candy uh <laughs> to all of a sudden oh my god no not candy. not candy and i'm like but you were just reading her last week <laughs> but you know unfortunately that is the experience of so many trans women mm. being taken for granted in a space being seen as too loud or this is not the way to be and not understanding sometimes how we have to be in order to be seen or heard you know, and so I, I'm very grateful and honored to have been a part of telling that story. Yeah. It was not easy. Yeah. Um, it's a skill act. It's acting. And so there's a lot that you have to do to to focus on that um, and not the things that people can get caught up in, you know, being a star or anything else. It's really about are you being truthful to the story? Mm -hmm. That episode was special because you actually kind of got to say goodbye to all the characters and all your co-stars. And what was it like seeing the impact it had on audiences afterwards? I believe it, it will go down in history as one of the best episodes. Um, I believe that season two, that episode aired at least two years ago, mm -hmm. maybe three. Yeah, sure. And I still am being tagged, like yesterday, yeah. at how people are re-watching it, mm -hmm. people who've seen it for their first time. Yeah. And ever since that episode aired, I have been receiving messages from people saying, this has healed my relationship with my mother. My family's now closer, you know? Uh, and, and to hear that, from around the world, from Brazil to Thailand, to London, to Africa, everywhere. Like, so for me, I might've been a little confused in the beginning because I had seen such a worldwide response, but yet the industry had turned their eyes and acted as if they saw no one on this show but Billy Porter. You know, the girls, no, no, right. no, no one else. Yeah. And it was like no billboards to promote during Emmy season, no, you know, but yeah. yet this moment was lifted up and was a major moment for the show. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting just to speak honestly and say, you know, I'm a human being, so, you know, I'm rec I reconcile the reality of that experience. Um, so much so that it helped me free me from wanting or needing any recognition from any award because when my community emphatically and in unison around the world are applauding and crying and affirming for me that Miss Thing, you acted your ass off. Mm -hmm as long as they felt it, because I know they yeah. know what's really real. Yeah. They know if a storyline feels real or not. Yeah. So for to have that kind of response was all the 
benefit and reward that I could have asked for. You it know was, what? Trophies amazing. are cute, but what you just said lives on forever. Four. And will keep getting bigger and bigger as time goes on. I was at the CVS and I hear Angelica. Now, thank goodness, because usually it's candy. <laughs> People will act like they don't know my name. It's like, Miss Candy? Is that Miss Candy? But luckily, so I'm going to store in the CBS and Lee's like, Angelica? And I'm like, I'm like, who, who, who did they call my name? And she's like, yes, Miss Candy. I see you, blah, blah, blah. And a whole scene in the store. And I'm just like, okay. But like, again, years later, and no matter what I do, people are still like, Miss Candy, you know, even under the Roxy announcement, people are like, yes, Miss Candy. <laughs> but I know that there is a correlation to the candies of the world and the Roxy's of the yep. world. And we're all just women trying to navigate an environment mm -hmm. that was not set up for us to win. Yeah. And speaking of impact, you know, you are just an actress doing a fantastic role, but you are also making history. You are the, the first uh, openly trans actress in a leading role on Broadway. We just had Elle Morgan Lee get the Tony nomination yes, for A Strange yes, Loop yes. Uh, this past season. So there are a lot of doors being opened. There's a lot of attention being paid. Um, but you're also just an actress doing the work. But how, what is it like to sort of navigate the attention and the actual job at hand? Um, so I've gotten to a place where I have really started to turn down the volume on the attention. Yeah. Um, I love what I do. The fame part, not so much. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of politics and a lot of things that go along with that. Yep. Um, so for me, being the first this or the first that, you know, I really, I honestly dislike hearing that, like, um, so it's great. And I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you, you know, but I really don't care about being the first of anything. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best. Yeah. And many times the first isn't the best, you know, um, but this time it's going to be. So I have worked and prepped and prepared for this moment to be the best, not to be the best trans actor, but to be one of the best people you've seen take that role. That's my goal. I'm not focused on anything else. Absolutely. But the representation for audiences is extremely powerful. Well, I know that trans people are going to be able to now see this and see me and now know that it's also possible for them, but you just have to be able to find a way to do the work required because mm -hmm. it doesn't happen without doing the work. Mm -hmm. So for me, I still needed to be able to sing the songs. I still needed to be able to do the movements. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people would say sometimes to me different things that would go on in my life and like, oh my God, you're so, you're so lucky that you get to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, don't use that four letter word with me. Like lucky's a four letter word to me. Like, because I know, like Oprah always says, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I'm prepared for this opportunity. If I wasn't, it would not be so great. It would not be so lucky. Mm -hmm. So it's all a muscle that I'm working that maybe I didn't have the time or the space to know that 
doing these kind of exercises were going to even build to somewhere. Luckily, I've been working with a vocal coach for like the past year, reworking on music and things like that. So when they called, I was ready. I love that. And you, um, I've also heard you say that you were inspired by Laverne Cox about being, you to be undeniable. Be undeniable. Which is such I was, a great quote. I was working at the Trans Life Center in Chicago. I was a program, a trans work coordinator, uh, basically an employment coach. The program that I was working for did not agree with my methods and the things that I wanted to do. I was trying to push technology. They said it was over the heads of the people that we served. But I used that technology to Skype Laverne in to talk to the uh, people that we were serving. And for them to make a connection with someone who was achieving things and accomplishing yeah. things, it meant the world to them. And it meant the world to me to be a part of that moment and to hear her say, what I've known, period, and I've been the same way, when I apply for any job, I'm undeniable. Mm -hmm. So if I don't get it, I know it's your loss because I would have turned this whole situation out. But you didn't see it for me, so it's fine. But when you are undeniable, like with Pose, mm -hmm. whether I get an award or not, the people are telling me undeniably, girl, that was it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Have you, does this confidence come natural? to you because you, you, you exude confidence or is this or has this been a journey to get to this moment and some mornings do you just kind of have to get yourself up? Yeah, I mean, I think I haven't always been, okay, that's maybe not true. <laughs> I have probably, I remember since the first grade playing Sleepy and Seven, uh, Snow White and the Seven Doors, <laughs> I just, had this confidence all of a sudden and became a ham, you know. <laughs> but I've broken down confidence um, to demystify it. Mm. Because you don't want false confidence because, you know, that fake it till you make it stuff is just not where it's at. Mm. You should be honest about where you are and where you're at. Confidence comes from experience. I'm standing here in front of you right now this confident because of my 41 years of experience. That's how com that's why I'm confident. I don't really bake cakes. So if you ask me to bake a cake for you, I might not be that confident because it's not something I really do or have done before. Uh -huh. I told my nephew who I'm always trying to like mentor and get him in the right spaces yeah. and things. I'm like, listen, don't be hard on yourself, but know that you're not gonna be good at anything that you don't work at. So stop comparing yourself to other people thinking they're just born geniuses. No, they're not. They're just hiding the times that they spent hours and hours clunking away on that piano or on that computer. But know that Joe, you cannot play piano because you don't practice. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So what, what is the, um, by the way, how was your beauty school dropout? <laughs> it was like, I stole the show. <laughs> like, Naturally. Was, that was the thing that they were like, I remember as a kid, like they were like, that performance stole the show, you know, but it was such a wild, moment and character yeah. and everything that it was kind of written that way and i think that's when that whole notion started of me being a scene stealer 
Cause like, I don't go in trying to do that, you know, at all. But it just, you know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And we're all gonna cheer it on. We love seeing Steelers. On Broadway, I, re I remember in Pose, uh -huh. there was a ball episode where uh, Laith Ashley was on the episode uh -huh. and it was the boys taking off their shirts and doing all this stuff. And Candy's like just being very thirsty with her. She's got a <laughs> straw. She's like, ooh, like just kind of sipping whatever. But I remember, you know, whether I had a lot of lines in that moment or not, I just remember when they, they were about to say action. They hadn't even said action yet. And I was here. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I thought they weren't filming. They were. So when I go back and watch it, I see they get the whole moment before they, they, they're getting that whole moment. I'm living in the space. So that's my, I, that's my favorite thing to do is, it's not, a, is make the cameras come. Do you like live in the space? Don't distract. Mm -hmm. But like literally, I'm just a patron at the bar. So if you don't need to see me, you don't need to see me. But me sitting just like this, you know, it gives sometimes. It you gotta find your moments yeah, in, in the opportunity. Yes. Well, I'm yeah. so excited for you that you're on Broadway. And I, and I hope we get to see you do more. Well, that's going to do it for us. We are back next Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern with another great interview or two. In the meantime, check out your local TV listings for The Broadway Show, airing all across the country each and every weekend. And all of our Broadway episodes are online at thebroadwayshow.com. Until next week, I'm Tamsin Fidel. Thanks for being here, and this is The Broadway Show Uncut. <laughs>